the spirit of him that raised Christ from the dead lives in me. And this spirit gives life to our mortal bodies. This is the marvelous, marvelous truth that is awakening the world is that Christ is not only in the heavens and in the atmosphere. He is in the heavens and in the atmosphere around us and Christ lives in us. That's all I've been meditating on in the past one week. As I was writing this sermon on, on, on authority, Christ lives in us. And greater is He who is in you than the one who is in the world. Do I hear an amen? Greater is He who is in you than the one who is in the world. Christ in you, hope of glory. Christ has a purpose in you to reveal Himself to you, through you, and in you. Man and God becoming united. This is the divine secret of the Christian life. He wants to operate through us. That is beautiful. Not separate from us, but through us. And when the church comes to a revelation that God is manifesting Himself through each and every one of us and wants, He wants to accomplish His will for the world through us, then the outworking of true Christianity is realized. There is only one reality. And reality is Jesus. And the reason why there are so many ineffective Christians is because there are too many other realities fighting with the true reality. That is Jesus Christ. You know, you can go to church every single week and you go to life group or connect group every single week and still be stuck in a cycle of sin, stuck in defeat, quite simply because you don't know who lives in you. God's desire is that we may reveal Him and that He not only has a place of residence in us, but has a right of action in our spirits and bodies. Amen? Amen. Let's all go to Matthew 28, 16 to 18. And we all know this scripture, so we're all going to read it together. Are you all ready, church? Amen. On the count of three, one, two, three. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus said to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So we all know this as the Great Commission. The Great Commission. Why is it great? Because Jesus is great. Amen? It's a co-mission. A mission where we get to co-labor, co-work with God Himself. And these are the very final words that Jesus said to His, to his disciples before He went up to heaven. And we all know when it's a final word, it's an important word. Amen? What is authority? It says here, all authority on heaven in heaven and on earth, has been given to Jesus. 
all authority, not just part of the authority, all authority. Everyone say all. All authority. What is authority? So the word authority here is the Greek word exousia. It basically means the right to rule and govern. Authority cannot be demanded. It is given. It is given from someone above you who has the authority. And it's not based on your physical power. It's, it's bestowed upon you. Amen? And given to you from another who has the power. I cannot demand to be a pastor or appoint myself to be a pastor. Someone in authority, Pastor Chu, had to appoint me to be a pastor. A police officer is given authority to uphold the law, but he doesn't come by his own authority. It's by the state or the government. Even Jesus himself subjected himself to authority. His authority was God. He always said, I do nothing by myself. I see what the Father is doing. So even Jesus himself humbled himself, subjected himself to the Father. And why does Jesus now have the authority? Why does he now have the authority? I think to understand this, we need to go back to the very beginning where it all began. In Genesis, God blessed man and gave man a mission. He said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. It is God's original intention that man rules the earth. But I think you all know the story of Adam and Eve. Adam disobeyed God and forfeited his rights. He forfeited his authority. He gave up his authority to rule and govern the earth and God that God had commissioned him to do originally. You see, Satan cannot just take over the Garden of Eden. He cannot just claim Adam and Eve. He had no authority, no dominion in the Garden of Eden. The only way he could get his authority was if Adam and Eve gave it to him. And so Satan was empowered because of their agreement with him to oppose God. So through that agreement, the devil was given authority to rule over man and earth. Even today, Satan is empowered through man's agreement with him. So why does all authority belong to Jesus? Jesus went to the cross. He conquered sin and death. He took back authority from the devil and disarmed every power and darkness. He won the victory at the cross. And not only that, he rose to life. Come on, someone say hallelujah. In Ephesians 1, 20 to 21, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places far above. Everyone say far above. It's honestly quite hard to comprehend, but it's far above all authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, 
not only in this age, but also in the one to come. Colossians 2 says, And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. All authority and power belongs to him. Authority and power is not the same. But they go hand in hand. They're not the same. I'll give you an example. A police officer is someone in authority, right? And his badge helps him to operate in his authority as a police officer. So the badge allows him to uphold the law, arrest the criminal, or handcuff a criminal, or even shoot the criminal. The gun he wields is his power. It's the power that he holds to bring a criminal under submission. By the way, the criminal can also hold a gun. My point is that the kingdom of darkness has power too. But the scriptures, the scriptures say that Jesus has disarmed. He has disarmed the powers of darkness, which means that criminal, that robber, suddenly the weapon disappears. That's why it says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. The weapon just disappears. <coughs> the devil has no more power or authority. He has no more power or authority. Kings rule with authority, but they conquer with power. And Jesus holds all authority and power in heaven and on earth and has disarmed the power of darkness. And praise the Lord, because He lives in us, we now have full access to this authority and power. We have full access. Everyone say, we have full access. The scripture says, behold, I give you authority. Jesus has given us authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. The question is, with all the authority and power of Jesus Christ living in us, what are we doing with it? Because if the police officer does not if the police officer does not use the authority that he's given, he's useless. If he doesn't use the authority to uphold the law, he is useless. What's the point of having authority if you don't even use it? You see, many of us Christians, even though we have been saved, we fail to recognize or utilize, or even utilize the authority that's been given to us. You see, the success of your Christian walk comes down to your revelation on authority. And your ability to act from authority. We go through life afraid of one thing after the next. We're often on defense rather than offense. And the issue is we have an authority problem. The answers are written in the word of God. Amen. We need to take his word for it. But many of us have not gained access to the promises we have read. And we need to be persistent. I was listening to this story from this healing evangelist who, who, who just took God's word for it. He says, God has called me to preach the gospel, heal the sick, cast out demons, 
raise the dead. And so that's what I'm going to do because that's what his word says. And he does it. And he does it a hundred times and then another 200 times until about 900 over times and he was rejected. He didn't see healing. He didn't see breakthrough, but he was persistent because he didn't let his experience define the truth. He let the truth define his experience. And so by the 900 and something time, he got breakthrough and somebody got healed. And from then on, he just saw breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough. You see, sometimes God wants us to believe until it happens. He wants us to keep believing, keep declaring until it happens. This is your right as a believer to take up your authority. You see, when authority is given to you, you need to take it. When somebody gives you something, a gift, a beautiful gift, say Superman gives, him, gives you all his power, you're not going to say, I no thanks, uh, it's alright. <laughs> no, dude, I want to fly. I want to fly. I want to, I want to, you know, laser eye someone. I want to take up, hey, you're going to give it to me. I'm going to use it. But the problem comes about because just like Adam, right at the beginning, we have empowered the enemy by agreeing with the enemy. Satan has no power over us unless we empower him. I want us to let us sit there, sit, let it sit in for a while. The enemy has no power over us unless we empower him. And usually, we give him a foothold in our lives when we believe the lie rather than the truth. When we believe the lie, we empower the liar. Satan is the father of lies. And every day, and you come to church once a week, life group once a week, but five out of those seven days, you're out at work and you're being bombarded by all kinds of things from social media, from your boss, to the newspapers, to, to your magazine, all informing you what is or what isn't. When we empower a lie, we empower the enemy. And so we've got to be careful what we read. We've got to be careful what we expose ourselves to. Many of us have given him a foothold in our lives by giving up our right to rule and govern our lives and our circumstances. <clears throat> and why do we do this? We don't know who we are and we don't believe. Why are we not walking in authority? We don't know who we are and we don't believe. You know, Jesus was always upset with his um, disciples. He, he told his disciples because they were, they were trying to cast out a demon and they couldn't cast out the demon. And he says, you faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? Even though Jesus was actually with them physically, they couldn't cast out the demon. Even though they had Jesus with them, they couldn't cast out the demon. And then Jesus rebukes the demon. And then they ask him, my gosh, how did you do that? He says, because of your unbelief. 
For surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to the mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. And nothing will be impossible for you. Nothing is impossible with God. The problem is, we keep talking about our mountains instead of speaking to the mountain. We need to stop speaking about our mountains and start speaking to our mountains. One of the things I tell some of our leaders um, in LifeGen, when they have cell groups, I always tell them, I say, you know, you guys, you come together and it's awesome. Cell group is great where you get together and, and you know, you belong. That's where you find community. That's where you find belonging. And that's amazing. And then they, at the end of it, they come together and they start sharing, you know, their deepest, darkest secrets. You know, they share this, they share that. And then I tell them this. I said, just be careful that as you share, that you guys point each other to Jesus and begin to speak to the mountain rather than only speak about the mountain. Because sometimes we can get trapped in this whole... I know, I'm going through pornography, you're going through pornography, you're also going through pornography, everybody's going through pornography, everyone's a victim, let's cry together and let's keep crying and keep crying and keep crying. And crying's awesome. Being transparent is amazing. Sharing is amazing. But ultimately, we want everyone to have victory over pornography. We want to point people to Jesus. We want to say there is a way out. You can be set free. You're not just... Free and then not free and then free again and then free not not free. No, you are free. Because if the Son of Man sets you free, you are free indeed. Fear and faith cannot coexist. Faithlessness equals fearless uh, fearfulness. I'm gonna say that again. Faithlessness equals fearfulness. Fear attacks our relationship with God. Fear attacks our relationship with God. Which is based, that's supposed to be based on faith. Amen? Everyone say faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Um, sometimes, even when we pray, do you know there's such a thing as what you call fear-based prayers? Um, sometimes um, my, my, my husband and I, we pray together and, I, you know, and, and there was a time when I was praying, you know, um, God, keep us safe. Lord, please keep us safe. Please keep us safe. Please keep us safe. And then my husband goes, man, we, we, we shouldn't be praying such fear-based uh, fear prayers. We should be praying that we're going to be the most dangerous people on the planet. And I'm like, Whoa, my husband is full of faith. Even when you pray for your children, you know, you know how we, are, we, we, we really, we, I mean, hey, as a parent, we care about our children. We are concerned about our children. But rather than just praying, you know, keep them safe or make sure uh, they don't, you know, they don't go that way, you know, something after happens, uh, da, da, da. all fear-based prayers, no. Pray that my children be the most dangerous people in the planet. That wherever they go, demons will flee in the name of Jesus. There was a time when we, we were going off for holiday. Uh, we were going to Japan and, and um, just literally the day before we were going to fly out, there was a huge typhoon. Huge typhoon. And we were like, oh no, we're not going to be able to get there. And my husband goes, no, we're going to be able to get there. Typhoon's going to be scared of us. 
That's what you call speaking to the mountain. After months, you know, and someone pay money, pay air ticket, pay everything already. And we found out all the flights were cancelled. And every single flight was cancelled until the flight before us. Ours were just delayed a bit, but we got to Japan. Come on! Praise the Lord! Yes, Jesus cares about our holidays too. He does. Amen. He knows how hard you've worked. He wants you to take a rest. And he knew, nope, Mike and Tabby, they're going to go to Japan. The devil is called Beelzebub, Lord of the Flies. Fear is like decaying meat. When meat is decayed, it attracts flies. You see, fear attracts the demonic. A lot like bitterness and hatred attracts the demonic. We need to submit our fear to God and say, Jesus, you have not given me a spirit of fear, but you have given me a spirit of power, of love, and a sound mind. Come on, someone say hallelujah. We need to know how to take authority. Wherever Jesus goes, whatever he does, his authority is evident. He has authority over nature. He would get into a boat and the storms would cease. He has authority over demons. He just needs to stand there. Do you know what's inside you comes out into the atmosphere around you? If my, if, if my husband comes back, you know, really upset or frustrated or whatever, I keep using my husband. I think he's going like, to have a talk with me later. <laughs> or, okay, I'm going to use myself. If I come back a bit frustrated, impatient, mad, believe me, it affects the entire household. Because that atmosphere inside me, which is fearful and frustrated and down, affects the entire household. What's inside you affects what's around you. But he who lives in you is greater than the one who is in the world. And you have authority over that atmosphere inside of you. Um, I got healed of thyroid twice. I think for some of you, you might know. First time God healed me. But second time, the Lord showed me how to take authority over my thyroid condition. You see, the enemy tries to intimidate. He brings out all the symptoms and I was like, oh no, no, I'm going to get thyroid again. And the Lord says, child, take authority. Take authority. He who lives in you is greater than the one who is in the world. And I'm going, thyroid, get out in Jesus' name. You have no place in my body. Get out. Fear, you have no place in my body. You have no place in my heart. Depression, you have no place in my heart. I belong to Jesus. I'm meant to walk in joy, in purpose. We need to learn to speak to our mountains. There was a time when um, we were doing street evangelism and for about one and a half years, every single week we'd be out on the streets and, and we saw so much healing. We saw healing, breakthroughs, all kinds of stuff. And, and 
And in that area that we were in, which we never went into because we would tell people to avoid that area, there was a red light district. And after a year, about, I think about a year of being there, about a year? Nine months? Okay. After about nine months, we find an article saying that the red light district had shut down. We never even walked in there, but we were in the area and we would be speaking over the area. We would be speaking over the territory and claiming that territory for Jesus. That's what we did in Kuching, right? So many of us were there and we were in the stadium and we were doing our prayer walks. What were we doing? We were claiming that territory for Jesus by authority in Jesus' name. You've got to know that wherever you are, whether in your office, your schools, your campus, your workplace, wherever you are, you carry the presence of God. You carry the authority of Jesus Christ wherever you are. And the darkness has to shut down and shut up. Amen. Authority comes by relationship. How do we access this authority? It's by relationship. Everyone say relationship. Just recently, we got to see inside a very nice building, but without authorization by a form or a tag or a badge, you cannot get in. But because we knew someone of authority quite well, we knew him well, the guy managed to get us in by virtue of our relationship with him. You see, our authority to use the name of Jesus is closely linked with our spiritual state or union or relationship with Him. If you are not abiding in Christ, then we shouldn't expect to have authority in Christ. In the Bible, it says, Abide in me and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in a vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If you are not abiding in Christ, then you shouldn't expect to have the authority of Christ. When you are saved, Jesus makes you a new creation and gives you a new ID. If you're not operating, you're under the old ID of the flesh instead of the new ID of the spirit. You see, we have our authority from identity. And when we are in relationship, our identity becomes secure in who we are as children of God. That is why he calls us heirs of God, co-heirs with Christ. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Amen. But what is the purpose of this authority he has given us? What is the purpose? Why do we need this authority and purpose, sorry, authority and power for? What is the reason? I'm going to go back again to Genesis. Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. God made men and women in His image and He gave them assignment, right? Be fruitful, increase in number. Fill the earth, subdue it. Why? Because God wants to fill the earth with His image. He entrusted this assignment to man, but when man sinned, we could no longer fill the earth 
with his image. So when Jesus reclaimed authority, he gave us back the very assignment today. He wants us to restore the image of God in every person again and multiply that image all over the earth. Somebody say amen. You see, this is the original plan of God being reinstated into its rightful place. He says, go and make disciples. God's desire is that we fill the earth with this image. This is the mandate of every believer. Amen. We are not just a living being. We are a life-giving spirit. All of us. We are not meant to live for ourselves. We are meant to live our lives impacting another. And that is why He gives us authority and power. Not just so that we can look all spiritual. Yep, I'm a good Christian. Yeah, I'm a good Christian. No. Your life is meant to influence another. What does he tell us to do? Everyone say go. Make. Baptize. Teach. Go. We need to go. Matthew 9 says, as you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy and drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. He says, go into all the world and preach. Preach the gospel to all creation. Preach. Go. A lot, sometimes people like to look at this scripture and they say it's only about making disciples. It's not only about making disciples. We have to go too. If we want to make a cup of tea, we got to go grab a tea bag to make a cup of tea. So going does involve preaching the gospel, amen? It's in His Word. And secondly, He tells us to make disciples. What are disciples? Disciples are committed followers of Jesus. Everyone knows the theme this year. Together we follow Jesus. Jesus says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. You're meant, if you are truly following Jesus, truly, truly following Jesus, he will lead you to fish for men. It has to lead you into influencing the life of another. And he has called us to make committed followers of Jesus Christ. Not only that, he's called us to baptize them meaning soak them, immerse them in the name, in the identification of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. We need to lead them to know the presence of God through relationship. We baptize them in relationship with God. And to teach them, to teach them to obey, not just to teach, but to obey everything I have commanded you. Wow, praise the Lord. We don't just teach to give knowledge. We teach them to obey, to actually follow it, to actually apply it in our lives. And what does Jesus say? I am with you to the very end of the age. You have nothing to be afraid of because all authority in heaven and on earth lives in you. His name is Jesus. Come on, I want to just tell your neighbor, all authority in heaven and on earth lives in you. You have His very presence. 
As you do this, you have His very presence with you. When, um, when, when Mike and I were uh, in America a few years ago, uh, we went to a theme park. I think it was Disneyland. And, and I, I think I sat in something like five roller coasters. Something like five. Anybody likes roller coasters here? Yeah, I don't. All right. I'm really fearful of them. But, you know, we paid so much money for a ticket. And my husband was like, come on, let's do this together. Come on, let's do this together. And I'm like, okay, okay, I'll do it. I, you know, so I popped a pill, you know, one of those seasick pills. Didn't quite work. But I got through five roller coasters. And we were like, like that, like that, like that, and like that, and like that, and like that, and like that. And I don't even know where it was going. Because I was closing my eyes most of the time. I was like, and he was like, woohoo, woo, yeah. But after I got off and I thought about it, well, I really enjoyed that, even though I was freaking out on the roller coaster. And the reason I could really enjoy it was because my husband was with me. <laughs> he made it easy for me to enjoy it. And because I was with him, I could get through the roller coasters. Jesus, amen. In the roller coasters of life, when God is with you, you have nothing to be afraid of. Amen. His presence is peace. His presence is joy. The kingdom of God is righteousness, Peace and joy. And see, peace is not the absence of chaos. Peace is the presence of God. I'm going to close. Can I get the musicians up, please? Thank you. God has called us all. All authority and power belongs to Jesus, and this Jesus lives in us. This authority and power can transform lives. This authority and power that He has given us to impact another person. God wants us to use it. He wants us to use it. Let's not give the enemy a foothold in our lives. Amen. Let's not give up our rights and, and our right to rule and govern the earth. Let's not give up our right to rule over our own lives and rule over the circumstances in our lives because all authority and power belongs to Jesus and this Jesus lives in you. And it's not only for you but it's for you to live out a kingdom purpose far greater than you can possibly imagine. And when we begin to walk in that purpose, whoa, our authority and power grows and grows and grows. We're going to live out the Christian life the way we are meant to live. Amen. But 
I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if, if I'm the person for it, you know. Can, can you send someone else? You know Moses said that. In Exodus 4, when um, God wanted to send him to the Pharaoh to set the, Egypt, sorry, to set the Israelites free, Moses said to the Lord, Pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. Then the Lord said to him, Who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. And you know what Moses says? Pardon your servant, Lord. Please send someone else. Please send someone else. But God has chosen you. I have chosen you, Moses. Church, I have chosen you. You know, the Lord got angry with Moses. He was, it says here, the Lord's anger burned against Moses. And it's not a condemning anger. It's a righteous anger. And I actually understand that. You know, when sometimes I'm counselling you know, uh, our young people, and we tell them, this is who you're meant to be. This is who, what you're called to do. This is who you're supposed to be. And they go like, no, 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 I'm not that person. I'm not, you know, I'm a failure. I'm not worthy. I'm not this, I'm not that. And I'm like, no, that's who you are. I get angry, you know. I get upset. I'm like, why are you saying that? That's not what God says about you. That's the kind of anger. It's a loving anger. It's an anger that says, Child, will you walk in your destiny and purpose? Will you walk in what I've called you to do and who I've called you to be? Do you know who you are? Because if you know who you are, you can tell others who they are. And we begin to multiply the image of God throughout the earth. Malaysia needs all of us. Amen. Malaysia needs all of us. Every single one of us, this is the mandate of every believer. So we need to stop being a defeated Christian and being an ineffective church. And we need to pick up the phone and text somebody to come for Christmas service next week. SIPKL, God has called us. We don't want to just be a comfortable church, amen. It's very comfortable. I like it here. The seats are very, very nice. The sermons are very, very good. But I don't just want to go home with a good sermon. Okay, that was a good sermon. Now I'm going to go back and live my life. No. One of my prayers is that every time I speak, that Lord Jesus, that your transforming power, Lord, would operate through your people. That when they leave this place, they would go out and change their own world and the world outside. They would change their offices and their workplaces and their communities. How many of you believe Malaysia can change the world? This is my heart. Some of your sons and daughters are in life, Jen. They probably don't tell you a lot of things. But this is what we call them to do. We tell them to dream big. We tell them to look bigger. Look, your God is huge. Dream big. Don't be myopic. Not everything is just about this and that and this and that. God is a far greater life than what you can possibly ask for or imagine. Amen. We only have a short window of opportunity to represent Jesus here on this earth. 
is what we're living for worth Christ dying for? Is what we're living for worth Christ dying for? All I do know is that I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in my body, I live by faith in the Son of God who has died for me. He loved me and died for me. And this is how I want to, re- to, to, to live for the rest of my life. Sometimes people, some of the young people ask me, so um, should I go to this college or that college? I say you can go to any college you want. Just heal the sick, cast out demons, preach the gospel, raise the dead. Says, what, what, um, uh, what job should I take on? You can take any job you want. Just heal the sick, cast out demons, preach the gospel, heal the sick. Come on, raise the dead. I mean it, raise the dead. The mandate is the same everywhere we go in everything that we do. Amen. Amen. I am not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. Everything we do has great purpose. Amen. Amen. I want to make a call. If there's somebody out there, maybe you're feeling defeated right now. Maybe fear has gotten a hold of your heart. Maybe it's bitterness, maybe it's hatred. I don't know what agreement you have made with the devil, whether consciously or unconsciously. But I want you to know, you have the authority. All authority and power lives in you. His name is Jesus. And if you don't have this Jesus, I want to give you an opportunity to receive this Jesus because today you will be set free in the name of Jesus. I want to give you an opportunity to receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior and say, God, I can't do it. Will you help me? Will you be my Lord and Savior? Will you set me free and save me from my situation? If that is you, could you just put your hand out wherever you are? Today you're saying, I want to receive you as my personal Lord and Savior. Anyone here? Today you want to receive Jesus. The Bible says, if the Son of Man sets you free, you are free indeed. Anyone here? I just want to wait a few more seconds. Anyone here? Yes, I see your hand, ma'am. Praise the Lord. Come on, let's give her a hand. Is there anyone else? You don't know Jesus and today you want to receive Jesus into your life. This is the best decision you will ever make. And it costs you nothing, but it cost him everything. Is there another person? Right up here, thank you. Thank you, I see your hand. I see two hands. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Anyone else? I'm sensing two more. There's two more that's out there right now and you are crying for help. I want you to know Jesus is the answer. He is the answer. Anyone else? I see your hand, man. Praise the Lord. There's one more. Come on. One more. 
just going to wait one more second. Anyone? Amen. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. Amen. Why don't we all stand? For those who put your hand up, can I just, for those who brought them, maybe the person who came with them, could you just bring them right here to my left, right to the front here? What's, we're going to pray with you. That's all we're going to do. We're going to pray with you. I'm going to wait for you. Just come right to the front while I make another couple of calls. The second call I want to make, you want to walk in greater authority. It's just been free, not free, free, not free. And to say, Jesus, I need you. Pastor, can you pray for me? I want to walk in greater authority. If that is you, just come right to the front and somebody's going to pray for you. And today you're going to walk out here a victor and not a victim in Jesus' name. Amen. And the third group of people, you are sick and you are not well. I'm even feeling there's a grace that God wants to heal cancer today. Then you just come right up, whether you are dealing with any condition in your body and you want to be healed, just come right up. We want to pray for you. Those of you who put your hand just now, could you just come to my left and we're going to say a prayer with all of you. Amen. Come on church, we're going to say a prayer with them. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Let's all pray together and everyone repeat after me. Is everybody here already? Everyone who put up their hands? Those of you who put up your hands just now to receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, go to my left. Anyone? Okay. Let's pray with them. Okay. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I believe you died on the cross for me. And on the third day, I believe you rose again. Jesus Christ, will you come and live inside of me? Because when you come and live inside of me, all authority and power is in me. All authority and power is in me. So Lord Jesus, right now, so Lord Jesus, right now, I give you my life. I give you my life. Come into my life. Come into my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. Be my Lord and my Savior. I believe. My name. My name is now written in the book of life. In the book of life. And all people say. salvation today. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Amen. Glory to God. We're going to sing this song and we're going to get into our spirit man and we're going to go out and we're going to change